0: it's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Shamhat urbana where we talk all things eye along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're with you until 11 o'clock this morning. Phone line is open, 356-9397. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Good morning, Mr. Tate. Good morning, good morning. Got the um, line open for the first uh, few minutes of the show. Our lineup of guests today includes Jay Lehman at about 9.20, football strength coach Lou Hernandez at 9.30, Brad Sturdy will join us to talk about uh, basketball, the transfer portal and other basketball related items at 9.45. We kick off the uh, second hour, former colleague and uh, WDWS staff member Steve Lehman, who now works at the CBS television affiliate in Nashville, will join us Kind of to talk about how uh, things are going in a pro city. They have pro hockey and uh, some other things going on there. And uh, pro football, obviously, will get uh, a take on what he thinks might be happening to those respective seasons. And then at uh, 10.30, Sean Harrington, former Illini guard, now living in Florida and doing work for ESPN, will join us at that time in between. And during all of that, the phone line is open, 356-9397. Some uh, news late yesterday. Josh Whitman extended the contract of Illinois women's basketball coach Nancy Fay for a couple of years. And um, so she'll be around to uh, try to get that program turning in the right direction.
2: You know, uh, there have been several contracts uh, extended in recent days, and I'm reminded that it, you could give somebody a 100 year contract, the only thing that matters is the buyout. And if, if you want to eliminate somebody after one year, It depends on whether you could do it or it would be the buyout. And the same thing would be true uh, for other years. So I'm I'm just not uh, uh, in any way uh, impressed by any uh, added years until I know the buyout. Now, if if you've added a a, a great deal to the buyout, then that means something.
1: What's your buyout?
2: I don't have one. (laughs) But you
1: have a 100-year contract. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I've I've never had a contract (laughs) that I know of. (laughs) And I don't have one now.
1: I know, the old handshake contract. (laughs) Uh, with that in mind did you see uh, I know this won't make you happy for me to bring up but did you see what the Cleveland Plain Dealer did this week no what they had 32 reporters yeah left getting rid of 18 of those it's just a
2: it's that's st- not an, i mean this I is know, what's happening every, again it made tremendous cuts in all its newspapers i mean it's it's going across the country we've certainly done the very same thing here i mean been cut back uh, extremely as you can see by reading the paper the number of pages.
1: There were some media cuts in Chicago this week too as well both broadcast and uh, newsprint and it's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah uh,
2: yes scores cut a whole bunch of people.
1: Yeah our friend David Schuster was one of the uh, victims up there and he's been covering uh, sports on the radio in Chicago for more than 30 years. I had a little conversation uh, with him yesterday and he's doing what you would expect just trying to get by.
2: Well, the problem that I see in, as, as we know, we went bankrupt uh, at the News Gazette before the pandemic hit. So if you have a, if you have a, a marginal and, and all newspapers, I believe are marginal, I say all nearly all uh, are in a marginal situation, then you, then you add the pandemic to it, you know, what's going to happen. So I we just don't know how many businesses are going to come out on the other side of this. That's the scary part. We don't know how long this is going to last. It's everything's too much is unknown. We do
1: have the phone lines open. You want to talk about that or any sports related items? That's why we're here. We realize we've got no games to uh, cover and rehash and uh, say, why didn't uh, they pinch it for so and so in the seventh inning or whatever? But we'll try to keep it going with guests and your comments. As well,
2: some news out of Chicago. I see the Bulls are going to evidently make a big change at the at the top of their. Uh, uh, they're going to have a new executive vice president for basketball operations, and they're kind of going over the top of Paxson and Foreman, aren't they? Sounds like it. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Paxson's going to be more in an advisory situation. I don't know what about Foreman, but the Bulls are trying to make after all these years <laughs> of suffering. They're trying to make a, a change at the top to to get things going. And another uh, note out of Chicago is D. Brown has been rehired at uh, U, uh, UI Chicago, UIC. So he'll be assistant coach there under the new regime.
1: That'll be his third year on the staff there. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, he was uh, certainly considered, but uh, in, in my mind, you've got uh, a guy like D. Brown who still has some street cred, in Chicago especially, why wouldn't you keep him on the staff?
2: Well, I think that's right. That, I think that's why they did.
1: Speaking of D Brown, he was in the same place you and I were, 15 years ago today, St. Louis for yep. the Final Four. Actually, on this date, April 4th was the championship game. On the Saturday that year in 2005 was April 2nd. That was the day of the semifinals when uh, Illinois beat Louisville. Roger Powell, 20 points in that ball game. Luther, Luther head. head, 20. Yep. And you know what? I looked at the box score of that game just to, to look back. Darren Williams had eight points and nine assists. D had six points. Maybe it was the other way around. But I know Darren had the nine assists. Maybe he had six points. And D had eight points. And um, Powell and Head were the only two players in double figures. And they each had 20 in a 72-57 win over Louisville. And I was thinking about that week as well. We got a couple of callers. Hang on just a second, guys. We'll get you on. But we did... I was still doing the uh, Tuesday through Friday sports talk shows uh, on a regular basis uh, well, every week. And we did the shows that week from Al Roboski's restaurant. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. And he, uh, he was very welcoming. That restaurant mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, hasn't been open for a few years, but it was only a couple of blocks from Bush Stadium. It had an out, outdoor beer garden. It kind of became the official Illini headquarters that week.
2: Yeah, all, all the uh, fun and games is on the other side of the stadium now. <laughs> That's right.
1: But still, it was close enough, and we had a lot of uh, Illinois fans there. And he came on with us three or four times that week, and he loved to bash the Cubs if you could get him going on that.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and the thing that is, is kind of amazing was the number of Illinois fans that were there. I think that the Illinois fans might have might have approached, just Illinois fans might have approached somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 for the game.
1: Uh, the attendance was forty. 40- 7,000, I'd say it was more than that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would. Did you see the big panoramic picture? Yeah. You saw a little pocket over here of blue and white, but everything else was orange. Let's go to the phones. Chuck is calling from Camargo. Go ahead. You're on the air with us.
3: Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I had a couple questions here. When is Adam Miller supposed to be signing?
1: Well, there's a, an April signing period, but I don't know yeah. that, they'll, that they'll actually be able to do that or not. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Well, he,
2: he could sign after the 15th of April, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, don't know if that's been why. affected or not by any of this. I well, don't know that. I just read this morning that that I, I may have read it wrong, but I, I think I read that that you can sign after the 15th of April. But I'm not.
1: That's what it normally is. Yes.
2: And. Uh, I think he intends to do that, but whether he intends to do it right on that date or, or later, I don't know. But I, Or, you know, the other thing is, is he going to wait for uh, for Iowa to make a decision? There's been a lot of talk about that, but he's he's indicated he's going to come regardless. I think there's
1: been a lot of talk about it, but I'm not sure oh. it's him doing that talk.
2: Yeah, you know? that right, would be right. huge.
1: Well, he seems pretty committed uh, right. to being a member of the yeah. Fighting Illini basketball team.
3: My next question is, I think the writing was on the wall for Jamal Walker. And uh, that tells me something's going on inside. If he takes a step down, what do you guys think about that?
2: Well, he was replaced back real early in the season. And when I say replaced, he was replaced. And he was he was given to the end of the season to stay with the staff. So th- well, in other words, he was gone way before he left.
3: Yeah, you could just tell. Uh, the way he acted on the bench, he really wasn't ever into it. He's oh, like, no, 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 well, no, no. He, he, no, he, no, no. he,
2: he was into no, he it, was, he just was told he couldn't be into it. Well,
1: yeah, he was into it from the second row of the bench, the, yeah. the, but he was very much into what he was doing. Yeah, he he gave was it
2: 100%. Yeah, he was involved with the defensive, uh, but he, he was involved as much, you know, it wasn't a case of, uh, Underwood was willing to take advice from him, and, and did, but uh, his the understanding was that at the end of the season that uh, he would be looking and and they worked very hard. Uh, did Underwood uh, work very hard to get him a job and and work with uh, Jerry Colangelo and get him the job at uh, Grand Canyon? That was a
3: uh, okay. Well, you guys be safe with this
1: coronavirus. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Chuck. We appreciate the call. Yes. By okay, the way, the the national. Um, Letter of intent signing date does start April fifteenth and goes August to August first. Mm-hmm. Derek Burson, sports information director yeah. for the U of I, just let me know that. Let's go to Mike and Mohammed. Hey, Mike, you're on Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk.
4: Good morning. I uh, I want to ask about Iodisumu, and I know you don't know for sure, but it just seems to me that it's likely. From everything I've read, that he would be a second-round draft choice. That's right. Maybe high, maybe low. That's not good. Um, I mean, your chances of really playing much in the NBA aren't very good at second round. I wonder if if that would help him decide to come back another year. Anyway, your thoughts? I'd love
2: to. Hear. I, I think he's already. He knows his status, and I think he wants to go pro. I, I think that whether he regardless of where he winds up in the draft he's probably not going to be in the NBA next year he's probably not i'm just saying that there's a chance he uh we've seen other guys in the in high in the second round that come and go between the G League and the uh and the NBA and i think that's probably where he would be he probably would start out in and in, in you know each one of these NBA teams has an affiliate in the uh in the G League and and that's probably where he would wind up now if you made a big impression at the start of camp, assuming there is a camp, when the, at the start of camp, well then you know he could he could uh, he could latch on. But I think they want most of these young guys that are that are rather than have them sitting on the bench, they'd rather have them playing. And I think that's probably where he. Uh, I think he he understands that. And uh, my my feeling is that he'll probably want to turn pro in, in any case. What do you think, Steve?
1: I think that's certainly. Probably the case, Uh, but I don't know that for a fact, and I'm not sure that anybody outside of his inner circle does. Well, that's right. I uh, don't know. There's a lot. Everybody says, well, he doesn't have anything else to to shoot for or prove at the U of I. I totally disagree with that. There's a lot of things that he hasn't been able to do here, just timing-wise. He's not been to the NCAA tournament. He's not won a bragging rights game. He's not won a Big Ten championship. He's not won a Big Ten tournament championship. That's not all on him, but I'm just saying there's a lot – that he shoot now, for let me a- ask
2: you a question. Do you think that there will be a change in the way things are done because of the pandemic? Do you think that there would be h- – how will it affect it? I mean, will there even be a season? <laughs> will, it, will there be a rest of this season? I mean, season? Will, if, you're the, if you're the owner of a team, do you want to be paying young guys who haven't played for you? Wanna, you want to be paying them a million bucks? I mean, if, if, he, if he signs with somebody, he's going to get a million dollars a year plus maybe a million and a half. Even if he's in the second round, he could. I'm not saying he will. Since they have an option, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't pay. Maybe they won't. Maybe they don't want to. You know, I don't know. I see. Uh, I wonder if it will even be the same number of people drafted.
1: Will they, will they continue to, um, to have their G League teams, do you think? Do you think that might be affected?
4: Could be. It I just mean, seems to me that yeah. for yeah. all of these reasons, he would be better off to play another year at Illinois and possibly rise in the NBA's expectations. It's possible.
1: Yep, can't disagree with that, but uh, that's something that yep. he'll have to decide, and I think he's got, what, two, three weeks yet before he needs to make that
5: mm-hmm.
2: decision. Yeah, it's, or it's, it's later this month.
1: Yeah. Okay, Mike, appreciate it.
2: Thank you, fellas. Yep, Bye. thank
1: you. Alan and Montrose with us. Good morning, Alan.
6: Morning, guys. Uh, lovely day today, more ways than one. Uh, why was uh, Jamal Walker decided to be let go? Is it an athletic department or was it uh, Underwood's decision?
2: I, I it it was an athletic decision, athletic department decision. Underwood was involved in it, obviously.
6: Uh. Did he do, do something on the recruiting trail that he shouldn't have done?
2: He must have done something somewhere he shouldn't have done. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You got me in trouble here.
6: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just drop it. Uh, Nancy Pay was given two more years. My number one question is why?
2: My, my question is why not?
6: If that had been a man's coach that had those kind of seasons, he would not have made it to the third season or the next season.
2: That may be, but I mean, the the the, the link of a contract doesn't matter until you know the buyout. That's what I said earlier. It's all about the buyout. If I give you a hundred years with no buyout, that means I can fire you anytime I want, right? That's true. Okay, yep, so I give say. you a hundred years. Okay, you got a hundred-year <clears> <throat> contract. Throat> Great, but I can fire you tomorrow. But if you got a $10 million buyout, then i got to pay ten millions if I fire her. So that's, that's, it's all about the buyout, and I don't know the buyout.
6: It also tells me that uh, Josh doesn't really think he can find anybody. No, it, it,
2: it means that it's he's focused. given her a, a better chance to, to recruit because she's got a longer contract. That's what people will think. That's, what, that's, that's the image that goes out. It's not the fact. It's just the image.
6: Kind of like what they did with Levy Smith a couple of years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Alan, okay. thanks. Appreciate well,
1: it. Does. Yep, appreciate it. Let's go to Steve in Princeton. Go ahead, Steve. you're on the air.
2: Yes.
7: Last week you were talking about former Illini and trying to put together your teams and so forth. And this week I came across a name that I haven't heard you guys talk much about, but I thought he was pretty good. Preston Pearson from Freeport.
1: Yes, he was a very good basketball player, but... Okay, Lauren shakes his head on that. Well, he, he, was, he was an effective basketball player, then turned out to be a really good football player.
2: Yeah, but he wasn't one of the. He wasn't even one of the no. better players on his own team.
1: Right. No, he wouldn't have been on anybody's all-time team. I don't think
2: he was. He was a guy that went from football, became a good basketball He's player. Certainly, but, a, an but interesting story. He was a fighter and a battler, but yeah. he wasn't a great basketball player. I don't think turned I mean, into was,
1: a really good football player in the National Football League, who yeah. didn't play football here.
2: Yeah, I think he played football in high school at Freeport, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, then he came here as a basketball player. But he was he was okay. I mean, he was a solid starter. But I wouldn't uh, call him one of the top players even on his own team. Anything else, Steve?
7: Why, just what group did he play with? Did he play with Don Freeman or who was he with?
2: Well, I'll I'll, I'll have to,
1: yeah. He was in he, that neighborhood. Yeah, lord got the book out. Yeah, and, uh, he,
2: he definitely played with Don Freeman.
1: Uh, he's going to use the scrubbing bubbles on the book before he opens it up. <laughs>
2: Preston Pearson played in 66 and 67, so um, let's see, Freeman's years were...
1: Well, look at the, look. go back to where you, well, you didn't do that, but if you look at... Uh,
2: they played together in 66. Yeah. What did you want to say?
1: I was going to tell you to go to the, that season and see who the starters were. Yeah. And you can see who else he yeah, played with. Yeah, I can uh, do that. That's pretty easy uh, look up there. Steve, while he's doing that, anything else on your mind?
7: No, I just enjoyed listening to you, but I enjoyed going back to the history of some of those guys, and that was a name that I, as a kid watching, I thought he was pretty good, but I just hadn't heard your guys mention his name for
2: a while. Well, he was on the same team with Jones, who was a really good basketball player, Uh, Freeman, who was a tremendous basketball player, Dunlap was the center, Dawson was one of the guards, and uh, Pearson was the other guard.
8: Okay.
7: Hey, Steve, thanks. Appreciate it. during this blush Fund then, right?
2: well yeah the slush fund was uh at yeah at, let's see that was was that the year of uh, 66 yeah uh let's see 66 67 was the slush fund yeah it was a year later he no. was he was not on the team when the slush fund hit he played the previous year he was gone the next year no I'm wrong'm I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm wrong am i am wrong 67 he played in 67 excuse me Dawson and Pearson were the guards in 67. Dawson was a player of the year in the Big Ten that year, named. And uh, that the rest of that lineup was Flesner, Scholes uh, from Decatur, and Benny Lewis.
7: So, a lot of good names on there.
2: Yep.
1: Steve, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, as okay, thank always. You. Squeeze another one in here before our first timeout, then we'll get Jay Lehman on the phone. Bob and Hayworth, what do you say, Bob?
9: Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Good. Hey, just wonder a couple things. If Mark can maybe either write an article or maybe he's already done it, I might have missed it. But uh, a couple things on uh, the TV contracts and the revenue uh, that we didn't get out of the NCAA tournament, how will that affect our university? I can't imagine that uh, without the TV contracts and things like that, that the athletic department could hardly run effectively and pay the salaries that they do today They can't uh, with the income. With you know nobody sitting in the seats, et cetera. Our football program's been okay, and falls back on better. the university. They
2: got mortgages on everything. You know they got mortgages on yeah. the, on the uh, State Farm Center, on the on the Smith Center uh, facility, the, the football facility, okay. on all those other sports facilities. They got mortgages left and right, and the university is obligated, is, is uh, to pick those up, and it'll be a, They got a hundred and thirty million dollar budget. That they they use to the max in other words they spend that much and uh, they're not going to get a fraction of that this year I mean they'll get a fraction they won't get they won't get anywhere near the 53 point9 million that they got uh, on TV revenue yeah. that's just one example yeah. but the university losing yeah. money all over there I, I think I saw where they lost 35 million just on food you know they have wow. to pay back all the the money that's been uh, I mean I, I can't I can't talk about it because I don't know the that enough details but right. i'm just telling you the university is really going to be hit hard extremely hard
9: right. and i would think think of all the other universities are going to be impacted Every, by that and then they're the all last, yeah last question i had Uh, was really about hockey. I would have to think that puts the uh, stake in the hockey program for a while, which I think is probably a good thing because you're going to have to build another facility for non-revenue sports for the most part. I would think uh, Josh is going to have to rethink that. uh,
2: Absolutely.
9: It takes the next step. Your thought on that?
2: Well, I think that the hockey is thrown back at least a year. I think they were close to thinking they could go forward, don't you, Steve? I think they were pretty close. I think
1: so. I think there's a lot of things that are on.
2: Oh yeah, everything's on the back burner now. What's going on at uh, Stone Creek? Yeah. I mean, they're still they're still keeping it up. So I think the university is planning on, has been planning on accepting that as a gift. But the problem with the gift is it's a gift that. That's a loser it's going to
9: cost some money Yep. yep it's going to cost some money get it in shape it's a great golf course but it needs some work so okay guys I'll hang up and listen have a good day
1: thank you Bob we appreciate it did take time out real quick we'll do that and be back with more here on the line Saturday sports talk after this 924 welcome back to a line Saturday sports talk with you until 11 we're going to have plenty of time to get your calls in as we move along off to a Nice start. And Jay Layman is on the line with us, former Illini linebacker, Big Ten football analyst. How you doing, Jay?
10: I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys?
1: We're just trying to hang in there, as everybody is, and uh, try to find some sports to talk about when there's no sports going on. But other than that... Uh, you I mean, can... that's
10: brutal, isn't it? I, mean, I feel bad for, for people that are in sports full-time, you know, like you guys. It's tough to drum up some stuff all the time. You guys have a tough job.
1: Well, we're not full-time, but we, uh, we're trying to be... You know, it, it is tough sometimes.
2: I don't feel that at all because I've never considered myself in, uh, to be concerned about games as much as issues. Right, I think issues right. are a lot more, and I, and we're dealing with issues here all the time. I, it hasn't That's been any true, more difficult for me I, that I feel, either writing a column or talking about it. I, I, I guess I'm unusual, but, and I have no interest in going back and watching old games. That, that, I don't either. Everybody else is doing that, but I don't know. Although Jen,
1: I did watch I, this is off topic a little bit. I did watch the uh, the game six of the uh, two thousand eleven. Not, not the whole game. I just watched the, hey, the, Jay, the
2: ninth. Hey Jay, you know why he he loves to watch those cardinal games on uh, those old cardinal games? They win every time. <laughs> <laughs> they,
10: they, he knows all he's like, just wait. Here comes the eighth inning. This is the turning point, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Watch. He's gonna hit one off the wall. The guy should have caught to, <laughs> to tie the game. Then yeah. hit a home run later. <laughs> David Freeze. Yeah, Jay, I. No,
10: I I, I, I agree.
1: I want to get your question. I'll, I'll give you a loaded question right out of the bat, right out of the gate. Right. Do you think there will be a college football season in 2020?
10: I do. Um, I
9: mean,
10: all of us, I think, is open for a college football season. Now, I just saw that, that Rutgers said no students allowed back on campus till August 15th I've got areas hit hard, but they did not. They did exclude the football team from that measure thus far. I know I, I, I looked up an article uh, on what Dabo Sweeney said. Dabo said, well, we're expecting not only for us to play, but for, the, but for the stands to be packed. And I think a lot of it um, comes down to w- what happens over the next month until the shelter-in-place is done uh, April 30th, uh, we hope, right, uh, at least for the state of Illinois, and, and if this curve is flattened or not. But uh, – Man, I sure, I sure hope so. You know, on multiple levels, uh, economically and student athlete wise, uh, but I think we're going to turn the corner. I do. I'm obviously, no, no, no expert here, but everything that I see, I think they're going to tr- really try to make it happen. Although, listen, I thought they'd—I never thought and ever cancel NBA seasons or, or, or tournaments or anything and, and and so we've had a lot of unprecedented. As you guys know.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a scary thought. Uh, you, uh, you, I bet you're a guy that continues to work out. Do you find it more difficult to work out when you you really can't leave home?
10: I I do actually. You know, my I, uh, my little brother he he actually is uh, runs the sports performance center and whatnot. So he's got some online training program. I was doing it down in my basement today early morning, trying not to wake up kids. And I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm sitting in like yoga poses and you know, trying to. I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't have any big weights to throw. In. You know, if you're a football player, Lord, it's all meathead workouts, you know, throwing weights over your head and grunt a lot. But I'm trying to get in touch with my more flexible mobility side, you know, where I'm kind of loosey goosey. So I could be a totally different animal by the time I come on my shelter in place, by the time I start announcing games in August. stuff. <laughs>
1: Our next guest is uh, Lou Hernandez. Are you calling him a meathead coach? <laughs> uh,
10: well, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not, not really mean, but i tell you what, Lou will make you move I got That was a great article. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Bob Askinson or who wrote kind of the article on Lou a couple of days ago um, in the paper, uh, you know, just about how they're getting creative with some of the workouts. I, I just can't imagine how football is something where I guess you can get creative and whatnot, but like, I was talking to some gymnastics people and, and swimming people, you know, those are sports and golf people that you got to do every day, you know, and uh, to really keep your skill set. And so I I just feel bad for a lot of these athletes. And, And I think it could totally, totally change the way. We'll never know what it would look like if everything was normal and we had a season, but how is it going to change next season on football and other sports and athletes that can't be on campus because basically your
2: life is so regimented and now it's not well one th- one thing we do know they, they've got to have students back on campus for there to be football do- doesn't there i mean or you think that they could Correct. G- go for a uh, you, you can't have a football team if you don't have students i don't think i don't think a university would yeah. permit it and uh, but uh, do you uh, what? how much do you lose as a football player if you if you aren't if you don't have ample time to prepare
10: yeah well you know here's the thing i think the old joke was you know if you were injured for spring ball it wasn't such a bad thing mark uh because nobody liked be like beating each other up for 15 practices and whatnot do i think improve during that time and younger players get a chance yes i do um you know, do I think some of the guys that are banged up, which Illinois was very really banged up. Illinois always seems to be banged up in the football season. But, you know, giving guys time to recover, uh, some of these guys have never taken this long of an extended break. Maybe that'll do them some good. But I just know it's 18 to 22 for the most part. I'm not saying there's not self-starters out there. Do I think guys like Alex Peltesky are out there grinding away? Absolutely. And, and there's, there's Jake Hansen for sure. Um, but, are other guys is kind of taking it lax? And that's, that's what you worry about when you're 18 to 22 and you don't have the resources that are there on campus, as in the Smith Center or everything else. I think it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really tricky to see what happens. And I agree with you more. If school's not in session, there's no way we have sports, at least at a collegiate level. Uh, it's just your student it's just It's just not going to happen. So we got to get students back on campus first and foremost. Have you
1: had the urge to um go out and push or pull a Jeep? <laughs>
10: <laughs> I you know, I I haven't I haven't had the urge to it uh, to do it. I had a field behind my house and uh you know it's been tough because with the social distancing usually all the kids play together, but we've just had to play two or three person family games, you know. And I'm I'm kind of the all-time quarterback, and you know we always end up tied. Somebody gets up two touchdowns, and, you know. I feel I feel, I have some arm trouble and throw an interception, you know. Um, so for the, for the team that's behind, so I've been doing that. I've been trying to get creative, uh, walking around the neighborhood with a full backpack. You know, I don't know if that is like you know better than walking normally. I'm I, we're all trying to get creative on different things, but I've yet to pull a car. I see people doing that, but I've yet to do that one.
2: Uh, you're uh, close connected with the the Big Ten network. Uh, do you see uh, what's what's your message from them? What are you hearing from uh, from them at that point? By the, by the I, I asked it with the realization that ESPN just dropped a bunch of people this past the score did. Uh, is there you see any cutbacks at at Big Ten?
10: Well, I mean, he, here's what what came out at, at Big Ten. Obviously, when stuff was canceled, uh, they. Cancel all the events for the rest of the you know academic year. A lot of these announcers are paid per per gig. All my spring gigs, I was doing the Maryland game, and the Indiana game, and uh, for spring football, all that stuff got canceled. Um, you know, so that hurts a lot of these guys that do it. Um, so, but a lot of these guys are contracted in, in Big Ten Network. I don't know what they're you know just as far as you know independent contractors that come in for a game or two. But I, well, I will tell you this, that, that Fox, and, and I want to give a big shout-out to Fox, um, who came in and said, listen, if you were booked for an event from, I think it was like March 15th to April 15th, if you were booked on there, we're going to go ahead and pay you. Which I thought was a really big move by Fox, um, mm-hmm. to, to, who owns Big Ten Network, to say, you know what, we had your scheduled, we had your book. And I think it wasn't just like an announcer, it was, you know, cameramen, audio engineers, you guys know how many people go into a sports production thing, which I thought was a tremendous move by, by Fox and Big Ten Network uh, to do that. Um, we are planning, I was talking to some of my producers on the football, we are planning for a football season. I'm actually reading up on the articles that I can, you know, on The Athletic has some articles and whatnot, uh, previewing some stuff. Um you know, Phil Steele often comes out with stuff off after spring ball. There's no spring ball. So we are planning as a network that football is going to be a go until we until feel we up here. Otherwise, I know uh, stuff is getting scheduled. Nothing has been canceled. So all reports say that this academic year is pretty much a wash, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, football season, right now it's on.
2: Well, I, This may be a, a guess on my part, but I would guess that Illinois would be, from an offensive lineup standpoint, is going to have virtually the same unit out there, you know, the same quarterback and some of the same receivers, the same offensive line, and the, the tight end situation solid. I would think that Illinois goes in with a lot more experience in their offensive unit than most teams. Therefore, I would assume that there's no disadvantage to Illinois compared to the other teams. Going into this coming season,
10: well, I think the teams that are really disadvantaged are the coaching changes teams, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Michigan
10: State, uh, I think a uh, great Seattle at Rutgers. Um, so I think that's the or, or young team, uh, as you said. You know, um, I think that that's a, that's a disadvantage. Or teams that maybe had a down year compared to what we thought because you want to get back on the field in spring, get that out Northwestern or or, or Nebraska. So um, I think veteran teams and teams that have had coaching staff in place for a while uh, are going to be the the, you know the teams that are going to be able to take advantage of the most of it. I I just I'm not sure that and this is this is out out there thought that the teams these athletes might come back fresher, they might come back better, we might see less injuries because of overuse and whatnot, and we might have a better product we might have a better product on the field. Now, uh, maybe not. Maybe they're rusty. They didn't practice. They didn't do that. But I I think it's going to be really interesting to see the results. And if the results are more positive, how that could shift the landscape of year-round college scheduling for football teams and other athletic programs.
1: Hey, Jake, always good to talk with you. Appreciate your time. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Maybe uh, we'll be talking about uh, dates and uh, situations when football will get going again. But thanks a lot
10: look forward to seeing you guys
2: soon. Thanks, Jay.
1: Jay Lehman with us here. The phone line is open. Eric and Champagne's been hanging on for a few minutes. Eric, what's on your mind?
11: Hey guys, I was reading in the the post dispatch in St. Louis that all the the Fox Sports Midwest guys aren't being paid. That even goes up into the the announcers. Everybody you can think of there's uh is basically shut down. Um they they offered they offered like the the camera guys and all that like a loan that they could pay back when the games start up, and apparently none of them are really interested in taking that because, you know, it's just a a bad situation for all that. But I guess like Jay was saying, those are mostly all independent contractors. Well,
1: that's that's the way it is. Even uh, um, on our Fighting Illini Sports Network, Brian Barnhart, myself, Martin O'Donnell, Ed Bond, um, we are independent contractors, and we are paid by the event and uh, that's the way it is with uh, most baseball productions, most football productions. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a factor. And if if Fox did something for uh, the games that were already uh, booked and scheduled, that's a uh, tip of the hat to them, but that is not the norm.
11: Right, yeah, the, the baseball operations I'm talking about mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, when, when we talk about, uh, um, you know, the Illinois season specifically, you know, this last week they canceled of um, Summer's done on uh, on campus. There's there's no classes. I mean that's all virtual. Uh, so what you're looking at right now is everything is wiped until mid end August. You know when when the normal fall semester would start. So I would think somewhere along the line here, and it's not going to be you know weeks ahead of time. It's going to be a month or two ahead of time. They've got to make a decision on uh, on what's going to happen. It's not like you can flip the switch at the you know the last minute and just turn it all on and. And and truth be told, I would think from sports' point of view, the governors uh, would probably have the say over everything. Whether or not the leagues want to get back or not is one thing. But if they're not clearing, uh, you know, these stay-at-home orders and all that, it doesn't doesn't mean a hill of beans, really.
1: Yeah, good stuff, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks.
11: All right.
1: Appreciate you holding on. Let's uh, welcome into the program Illinois football strength and conditioning coach Lou Hernandez with us. Good morning, Lou. How are you?
12: Good morning. Outstanding. Thank you. Appreciate you having me.
1: No problem. And you're having to get, as many of us are, a little extra creative these days in uh, the way you do your job on a regular basis. Talk a little bit about that. What kind of contact uh, you're having with the guys and um, what kind of programs, if there is a program, you can keep them on during this unusual, unheard of situation.
12: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, creativity. I mean, just something like, you know, following the great Jay Layman right now, you know, I'm going to have to really be creative to try to uh, (laughs) to do my part in doing a great job after Jay Layman. But so, yeah, I mean, that's what it's all. That's what it's been about, you know, so far is, you know, the creativity. Um, We have uh, set up some traditional plans like we normally would for our guys um, as if they were here. Um, Unfortunately, you know, a lot of guys don't have access to high school weight rooms or public facilities. Um, So, you know, we're trying to get more creative now by finding out what they do have and what we can do to help wherever they're at. So my assistants and I were on the phone with these guys, with the players. There are some guys that we reach out to once every two weeks. There's other guys that we reach out to twice a week, and the majority of the team, we're reaching out to them at least once a week and trying to find out how we can help them progress, Um, everything from just jogging around your neighborhood to finding a sledgehammer in your garage, um, just doing mailbox. Sprint intervals from one mailbox to the other. and uh, just try to, If it's not bolted down to the ground, try to pick it up and lift it. I mean, just, uh, we try to do you know, so Anything that we can do to, to help the guys just be somewhat active is our goal right was it, now. Was it
1: your idea to have them go out and push or pull a car or truck?
12: You know, i tell you what, I, their creativity has definitely <laughs> surpassed mine. You know, I mean, so... It's been awesome to see things like pulling trucks and pushing trucks and jumping on 45 inch trash cans and bench pressing with tires and wheels in the garage and lifting boulders uh, for curls. Um, So it's been amazing. I'm excited about it. Um, You know, it's very encouraging that the guys are, um, you know, continuing to do something for physical activity, whatever it is they can find. Um, so i'm I'm really happy with the things that they, these guys are doing right now
2: lou i I know there there seem to be some kind of limitations. talk about what's going on at Alabama with their watches and and what uh why is that being uh, is the right word investigated by the nCA as as well, to what they're doing
12: you know that's interesting um you know what we're under and and, and, and this is so fluid so many things are changing almost every day um even simple things now, like sending out um, or retweeting um, some of the guys' workouts with a comment. Um, we're understanding we can't do that anymore. With a comment. Um, we huh. can retweet it, we can like it, but we can't be the originators of the tweet. And NCAA is looking at all these things like, some type of a tracking issue and I'm not exactly sure at this moment in time I know Benji and I have had a conversation our compliance director and we're still investigating more because we're trying to find out exactly what this tracking um, of the players actually uh, entails um, so yes as of right now there's a lot of things that are coming up Fitbits are being sent out watches are being sent out to monitor the guys, maybe steps per day, um, their heart rates and things such as that, just to kind of get an idea of what they're doing. And it's not getting a whole lot of support from NCAA at this moment in time. And we're still trying to find out why specific things are being put into place. But as of right now, we have to follow that rule.
1: Visiting with Lou Hernandez. We do have the phone line open. Uh, Eric has been on with us. Another Eric. Go ahead. You're on with uh, Lou Hernandez.
8: Good morning. Um, for, for for strength training, I mean, I, w- I was uh, a skater in the Olympics and uh, get yourself, go to a tire truck place, you know, and get some inner tubes, cut them, and, and we call them sausage weights. And you fill them with steel shot. You know, for the lighter ones, you can. Can do a lot of different things you can do like discus throws with them you can do squats you can name it you know and you tie them off at the ends duct tape where they're tied off and you can get 150 pounds some, up to about that i think if you got a heavy enough uh thing to fill it with
1: that's interesting you ever never, heard heard that lou
12: well i tell you what i mean we, there's some things now that we'll do with some medicine bowls um very similar that's to right. that.
8: but again our guys don't have access to these things,
12: so uh, to, to be able to well, do. you got a jump yard, you can get
8: an inner tube for next to nothing. So it's not—you'd uh, it, be surprised what you can do. You know? Absolutely, what a great idea!
12: I'm going to put that down in my notes and you as well. Can, like and, when you uh, do
8: squats, you can put it on your butt, you know, like right where your where your back meets, you know, your your butt, you know, and you put it there, right. and you do squats like a skater would. You can jump up in the air with them. I mean, it's a, it's really a low as far as squatting. It's a lot less than having a you know a forty five pound bar with you know four plates on each side. Less chance of getting a back injury too. You might want to add that. You can drag, drag them. The you can put a vest on it. Drag the thing. I mean, there's all kinds of tricks you can do. So, Have that is it. outstanding. I I appreciate that. Thank
12: you for the uh, suggestion. Yes, sir. Yeah, Eric. Thanks Thank for the you. call.
1: Another couple of minutes oh, with uh, Lou Hernandez. You mentioned uh, jumping on forty five inch trash cans that was 10 times yeah yeah, he he just kept doing it 10 times from a standing jump how's baby doing and uh i'm sure you're you're looking forward to not only getting him but everybody back but uh, talk a little bit about him
12: absolutely you know we left this winter you know baby was hitting some personal bests with he entered the three blue crew which is a a power clean of 308 pounds that was a personal record for him he was bench pressing with 365 pounds which is a personal record for him squatting with 500 pounds which was a record for him and obviously you know what he's able to do athletically he's got springs for legs i mean uh, as soon as i saw that video i went right outside to our recycle bend and took a measuring tape and and officially measured uh, 45 inches from the bottom to the top so It's not surprising. Um, We've seen him do some things very similar in the weight room on top of boxes, but his creativity to do that at home on a box would have never come to my mind because I would never ever be able to think that I could jump on top of a recycling um, trash can. So, um, yeah, and he's continuing to do some workouts at home using some creative methods, filling up enormous water bottles, doing squats and lifts with those. So. He's really uh, missing this part of the time of the year for us, but he's doing everything he can. He's a great worker. Um, he's really bought into it and is excited about coming into, uh, being into this season.
2: Lou, uh, what can you tell us about guys like Carter and Epstein and Hanson Kramer You know, that might not have been involved in spring? Well, I don't know if they're going to play in spring training, probably not, but how are they coming in terms of rebuilding their bodies from injuries?
12: Well, what we've understood, I mean, if you know, Doug Kramer's making some great uh, um, uh, gains right now. You know, pushing his truck, I mean, his, his abs. If he can't get in the squat and get back into that type of strength of exercise, um, he's at least being able to generate enough strength and power um, to push a truck. And, you know, for him to be able to come back from that knee injury – um, is showing us that he's definitely doing the right things at home with his rehab program and, and how he's approaching that. And um, same thing with Ed, you know, he's doing a good job. We're trying to put some more weight on him and um, seeing what we can do to help with his caloric intake. We need him bigger, we need him thicker, we need him stronger. Um, so that's a little bit of a challenge when you're not in the facility where we can measure that every day and, and, and step with you, help you, you know, step by step. But it's a challenge for us, and we're hoping that he's going to do his part while he's away and continue to meet his goals. Um, We're looking at Jake Hansen, who says his body feels incredible right now. And, you know, this has probably been, if there's a silver lining in this whole thing, this is a great time for those guys uh, to get their bodies back, to recuperate, to exercise, not have to worry about, you know, impact and things such as that and collisions. Um, so this is a a real. It could be a really good time for a lot of those guys during this point, time, um, if there's a silver lining in this whole thing, so that their bodies can fully recover and repair and be set
10: and ready to go.
1: Well, I don't know what uh, the new normal is going to be or when it's going to be, but uh, I think everybody's ready for that to happen. And Lou, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be talking to you again down the road. Thank you.
12: Outstanding. Thanks for having me.
1: You Thanks, bet. Lou. That's Body by Lou. Lou Hernandez. Strength and conditioning coach for the Illinois football team. 948 Alan Ipella Saturday Sports Talk rolls on. We'll take a timeout, talk some more basketball with Brad Sturdy. He'll join us. We'll talk about I.O., the NBA, Adam Miller, Andre Corbello, and whatever else might be on your mind. The phone line will stay open as well. Back after this on DWS. Moving up on nine fifty-three here on Alan Ipella Saturday Sports Talk with you until the 11 o'clock hour busy first hour so far Jay Lehman was with us for a few minutes as was Lou Hernandez we welcome into the program now Brad Sturdy from orange and blue news rivals.com who usually is covering basketball or coaching basketball or getting ready to coach softball or <laughs> but I figured he might have a few minutes this morning to <laughs> spend some time with us Bradley how you doing my friend
13: yeah, that's about all we that's all we have right now is time, isn't it? So, um but now uh yeah, definitely uh missing the sports right now. Um but you know, I think everybody's in that same boat and so uh just kinda have to get through it.
1: I think anybody who ever said, Boy, I'll be glad when things slow down may have a different opinion about it now, right?
13: Yeah, no doubt. I mean I, I think it's it, uh man it has been it's tough. I mean it, you know, you you're used to being busy and all of a sudden here you are, you know, you're you're trying to find you know especially i I know you guys have the same issue trying to find things to to, stories to write you know i mean at this time you know because you can't cover games you can't cover events you know for me this is also like spring this is supposed to be like a softball weekend and an aau kickoff weekend so we had a couple things going on for me that were pretty nice and uh you know so you know it's hard to cover things when you don't have uh when you don't have events so uh it makes it a little difficult
1: one of the uh Events, not an event actually, but uh, happening uh, this week was uh, Jamal Walker landing a new job at Grand Canyon University. He'll be on the staff of Bryce Drew out there. Uh, your thoughts on that?
13: I think it's great for Jamal. I'm, you know, happy for him. He's a he's a great guy, and anyone who's ever interacted with him knows, you know, what a, what a you know class individual he is, and what a good basketball coach he is. So, you know, I'm happy for him. I think I think it's a great fit. um You know, Bryce Drew's going to be a you know, I think he can do really well out at Grand Canyon. They, they have a great support system. I know. I don't know if you guys went out to Arizona um, this winter, but boy, that was a that's a fantastic atmosphere. Um, it's a great play to great place to play. I mean, it, it was fun. I mean, I wish Illinois would go out there once a year just because it's so much fun to be at be at that venue. But um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's I think it's great for him. You know, I'm happy for him and I think he'll do well there.
2: Well, Brad, we keep getting questions about I.O. and Miller, both of them uh, anxious. We're anxious to see what happens in both those cases. And and do you know does Miller intend to sign right on April fifteenth when he can, or do you, you see that being put off?
13: Um, he he said he's his plan is to sign. You know um, that first week. So I don't know what that. You know that was that was a couple weeks ago. So I I assume that's still the case. Um, you know I don't think there's any. You know i don't think there's any issue you know obviously he's not going to go on any other visits or picnic or school so you know i i think um you know that's his plan is that first week um and we'll see what happens there i think it's just a weird dynamic now i think everybody was kind of hoping well it'll it'll blow over and it isn't you know it's not stopping anytime soon so um you know it's tough for him as far as io i think um you know he's got until april 26th um to make his decision and we'll just kind of see uh what he does there. I think he's taken in all the feedback. He's getting feedback from NBA people. He's, um, you know, he's obviously all the coaches have talked to him. He's talked to his family. And so he's going to make it a very informed decision. Um, And and that's his, uh, and that's what he has to, uh, that's what he has to do. What's best for him and his family. Um, I expect him to, to go. um, But I, I wouldn't be shocked either way with the way this, the season played out. I think had he had, a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, I think if they'd have won, you know, had a good run or whatever, um, I think, you know, he, it, it would have been different. But right now he's just looking at it like, you know, it, it's a totally different – all these guys who are entering the draft, I mean, it sounds cool to enter the draft, but right now there's like it, – it's very difficult. They can't do workouts, um, so they can't get uh, information from people. So it's it's, a, it's really difficult for those kids as well all of them.
2: basically where they are on the mock drafts now are pretty close to what they'll be later. Cause there's no new information going in, but if he, even if he signs up on April 26th, he's got what a month or some more to, to uh, pull out. Right.
13: Yeah. It's like June, June 3rd, I think is the date when he can pull out. So up until that point. So yeah, definitely he can pull out. Um We'll, we'll just have to see what happens. I, I think, um you know, obviously Illinois fans, um, you know, want to, would love to see him come back because you look at a team that had such a great finish and had such a, such a, kind of a bounce back, you know, one game away from winning the Big Ten title. And, you know, you you feel like with the additions they have, great recruiting class, they have a chance to be really good next year if, if he returns. I think they're going to be good anyway. Uh, but I think that, you know, he's, a, he's kind of a difference maker, that closer who could maybe, you know, take you from, You know, I think this year he probably took him from, say, 18 wins to 21 wins or whatever it is. So, you know, that's the kind of guy that you're getting. And so, um, yeah, it it sounds like it'd be great, but, you know, he's got to make a decision that's best for him. I mean, he can't worry about, you know, whether, you know, whether, uh, you know, us, uh, the the people on the outside or Illinois fans are happy or anything like that. So he's just got to do what's best for him.
1: We don't know if and when the NBA season might resume the draft is not normally until after the NBA season is over in, in June. How might that, any idea uh, how that might be affected if they cancel the season? Would they still go ahead and have the draft at the regular time, or do you have any idea?
13: Well, I think it's going to be, I know the NFL's having their draft, they're still planning on having it. I think it's going to be difficult not to have it right? Um, because of the kids going back to school. I, but it's going to be weird, like, so you draft these kids and now they're part of your team. I mean, and then you decide, well, we're going to play a postseason starting July one, and play through the postseason. Well, then what? Is, those kids are now on your team. <laughs> Do they play? I mean, you know, so it's it's really a weird uh, weird dynamic um, that they're going to have. I, I would say that, you know, they're probably just going to you know t- have the draft and then they'll, they'll delay all the contract stuff and um, you know one of the coolest times always in the year is that july nba free agency period too and who knows what's going to happen i i think there's some there's some thoughts that they're just gonna uh, a lot of people believe they'll just cancel the nba and nhl postseason or the regular, the regular season and try and have a shortened postseason i know the NBA's talked about um maybe having a postseason like almost like a tournament in las vegas and just set it up there and um, in a place where they can have, you know, I don't know. I think they're they're trying all kinds of different options and coming up with different options and trying to see which one sticks and which one can work.
1: Another couple of minutes with uh, Brad Sturdy from Orange and Blue News, Rivals.com, as we hit the top of the hour, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Uh, earlier this week, the NCAA as expected, granted another year of eligibility for spring sports athletes. Your thoughts on that? Was it a good move and what kind of complications might it uh, throw into the mix?
13: Well, I think it was the right move. I mean, I don't think they really, I mean, if they wanted to be seen as an organization that's for kids, I mean, they they almost had to do that. Um, At the same time, there's a lot of uh, logistical nightmares that are coming down now. Um, You know, the kids get an extra year of eligibility, which is wonderful. But, you know, some of these kids... um, are you know a lot of these kids in the spring sports whether it's baseball softball are not on full scholarships so do they want to come back for an extra year um and pay tuition you know i mean that's a that's a difficult you know that's a tough decision you know i mean i want to pay more money so i can play next spring so i to sit out another i gotta go to school for another semester you know and then come out back and play next spring and then the other question is for schools, like, you know, for big schools, this is fine. I mean, Illinois has such a huge budget. If a couple extra kids, even if they, they add extra scholarships,
2: it's fine. Had, look had, it, Brad had, 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 I don't know yeah, if they still fair. have.
13: Yeah. We'll see how that works out. Right. But I mean, but compared to like a school, like taking Eastern Illinois, who has a tight budget, you know, or a Western Illinois, you know, they have very tight, very small budgets. And, you know, they're bas they have a difficult time trying to make ends meet and so, you know, adding extra kids on scholarship it doesn't seem like a big deal. But, you know, three or four kids extra on scholarship, now that that's tough on those small schools. And then you go even smaller. You go schools that are even lower on the totem pool. You know, and it, it's just a it's there's a lot of logistical things that are gonna be difficult, even though it it is a good thing and I'm glad they did it because it was the right thing to do, but at the same time it's gonna be tough to um it's going to be tough to get all the details, you know, sort of that all the details down the line.
2: Brad, I'm going to take you back to basketball and recruiting. And there's a guy at Morgan Park, and I bring up Morgan Park because they got IO I. out of there. They're going to get Miller out of there. And now they've got a guy by the name of Weston who's about a six-five forward that or guard forward that can really play. And he's a junior, and he would be a senior next year, of course. Now, I hear he's going to prep school. Is this what you hear? And how good is Weston, and how, how deep is Illinois involved with him?
13: Well, I don't know. Very deep. people involved with him. I mean, they they like him a lot. He's a he's a six five. He you know he's he's kind of athletic. He's kind of a three four guy. You know, he's that combo forward um, who can you know, step out and shoot a little bit, but he's very athletic. You know, attacks the glass and you know, he's a really good player. Um, it, what it sounds like to me, he's actually in in this kind of people talk about him reclassing. Technically, he's been in high school four years um, because he started out in Wisconsin. So he is actually a twenty twenty. But he probably is going to, to, in order to meet NCAA qualifications because of some stuff that, you know, back when he was a freshman or whatever in a different school, he's probably going to have to go to prep school. And it's really difficult for a kid like him because let's say he wants to improve his test scores or, you know, get extra. Well, you, you, they're not doing standardized tests right now. I mean, they canceled the spring ACT and SAT. So it's tough for a kid like that to to, to make up that extra ground. So I would say probably he's going to end up in the class of 2021. Illinois is very involved. I think they like him a lot. But if somehow he could become eligible and get through all the clearinghouse and find a way, then maybe he is a 2020. So I, I think it could be a late decision if, if something like that happens. And, but I, I expect him to be in 2021. I expect him to attend a prep school um, next year. Um, Now, which prep school is still up for debate. I'm I'm sure, you know, he's in the same boat, too, trying to pick a place where he's going to be next year. So that was as of a couple days ago. So we'll see where it goes from there.
1: So what uh, are you and Doug Bouchon and all the other guys, uh, what are you trying to do on uh, IllinoisRivals.com, Orange and Blue News, to to keep content on there? You still got to try to to do your job, but uh, how's it changed for you?
13: Yeah, I think it's different. Instead of doing live things, what we've done is we've you know doing a lot of you know obviously you still got the recruiting aspect. They're still they're still recruiting guys and whether it's uh, through FaceTime or Zoom meetings or whatever they're doing, they're still talking to guys and um, they're still they've done you know virtual visits, all these types of things they're doing. So they're still staying in contact. So we have to try and keep up with that. The other thing is, um, you know, kind of recapping the season. You know, going through and it's allowed us maybe some time to go more in depth on what the numbers say. And, 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 you know, one thing we talked recruiting, fifth year transfers are, and, and other transfers are probably the, you know, the most, the thing that they're doing the most of right now, because those guys, you know, there's so many transfers in the college basketball portal. Um, and Illinois has got some guys, they'd love to get a guy who's a four man who can stretch the floor a little bit and um, also, you know, defend a little bit. And they've got a few guys they're looking at there and, um, so, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to keep busy. I think, um, I think if they can land the right fifth year, you know, a stretch four, you know, Brad talked about that last week, um, talking about that being a position that they, they, if they could find the right fit and he said, they're going to be picky. They're only going to, you know, take a guy who can really, um, help them. And so if they can find a, the right fit that they'll look for a stretch four and uh, a guy who can, you know, defend and rebound and also stretch the four a little bit on offense and, and make some threes.
2: Hey, Brad, I got one last question. Okay. Two thousand five versus nineteen eighty nine. Kendall <laughs> Gill and I chose the eighty nine team, but the uh, the two thousand five team won on the internet. What do you Who, mean,
1: Kendall Gill and you? I was well, in there too. Oh,
2: well, you you took them, didn't you? 89. Sure, I did. Okay, we got Without three. Uh, we got three for eighty nine. Where where do you stand?
13: Yeah, you know it's interesting. I I would I think the eighty nine team is um uh, is very is a special group. I I don't know that the two thousand five team has the you know could is probably as good as them but i'll tell you that the 2005 team I, you know every time you, you they're one of those teams that you know they weren't big enough they maybe weren't this or weren't that but the the way they scored efficiently with the three-point shot is, is pretty intriguing so i think it would have been a fun game i, I would probably pick 89 um, if i had to pick um being a guy i guess us older people kind of look at that that way i think the younger people would look at 2005 because you know they didn't go 37 and 2 but um I think the 80-19 probably just had a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more depth and um it would have been a fun game though. I think uh I think it would be fun to see uh Dee and Darren going against uh, Nick and Kendall and, and the boys and Kenny battle and you know against James Augustine and stuff like that. So it'd be a it'd be a really fun matchup.
1: Good stuff, Brad. Appreciate your time. Keep up the good work.
13: Oh thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: You bet. Brad Sturdy with us from Orange and Blue News, Illinois Want to check out uh, the work of him on basketball. Kendrick Prince also contributes there. And, of course, Doug Bouchon on football. Ten we've moved past the uh, the end of the first hour into the second. But we'll take a break and be back with more. We've got another 50 minutes or so. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Back with more after this.
0: It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hour number two. It is 10-11. We're with you until 11 o'clock. Again, the phone line open. 356-9397 had... Six or eight calls that uh, first hour of the show around the guests, Jay Lehman, Lou Hernandez, and Brad Sturdy. We kick off hour number two with former co worker of ours, Steve Lehman, who is now in Nashville, Tennessee at News Channel 5 CBS affiliate down there. Lamo, how are you doing this morning?
6: Special K. Lauren, how
5: are you guys doing well here in Nashville?
1: Things have changed. You guys are doing like we're doing, trying to come up with uh, creative ideas, creative programming uh, during a time of which there are no games to cover. That's been quite a challenge, hasn't it?
4: Yeah,
5: when I'm not quarantined, it's starting to come up <laughs> with what the, what the best possible things to fill a few minutes every night with. And I think that's important right now because obviously everybody's dialed into the news. That's the most important thing right now to get the right information and try to keep – yourself and your family safe but you can only take so much of that you've got you've got to still find some normalcy in your life whether that's doing a bit of work or getting out and exercising and I, i think sports plays a role in that still even if there aren't games being played
1: kind of a double whammy there for nashville and surrounding areas with the uh the tornadoes that went through there right before all this happened
5: Yeah, uh, March is a month that we were very happy when it ended. I I think you could say that, Steve. It it was a month I certainly will never forget, and it impacted so many people here. And, obviously, there's a lot of tragedy going on in the world right now, but specifically here in Nashville, my heart just breaks for all the people who were impacted by the tornadoes. If, If you go back into some of those neighborhoods right now, they don't look much different than they looked three weeks ago because it's just shut down People working and the volunteers, and that's one of the things I'm actually wearing right now. I'm wearing my I believe in Nashville T-shirt, which all the money of those went to help people after the storms and the outpouring in that initial week to ten days right after the tornadoes was unbelievable. I was out there several days in North Nashville volunteering and helping move things and pass out water and do those sort of things, and it got to a point, Stephen Lauren, where there were so many people you could no longer help or pass out things because that's how many people had already hit the neighborhood that day. And it it was unbelievable to see the city and the region come together in the aftermath of that. And I think one of the really sad things is then at about the 10 day mark, we have this shelter at home order. And so now people aren't getting out there. I I know I certainly haven't gotten out there since then. and, And I think that's the same for most people. So, I, I feel bad for everybody right now, but I, I truly feel just awful for the people who had to live through those tornadoes and were just beginning to sort of pick up the pieces of their lives at that moment, and now all of a sudden they're stuck at home just like everybody else and not getting the help they so desperately need.
2: Is there any uh, remnant of um, of the music uh, business going on? I mean, are they still? I mean, is that closed down entirely?
5: I think most of the recording buildings and labels are shut down right now, Lauren, but what's been really interesting, and this is the cool thing about music, I think, that maybe is different than sports is you can make music in your living room. And so we've seen a couple of those shows. I know CBS did one. I want to say it was Monday night this week where at nine o'clock James Corden hosted an hour and would go to various living rooms around the world. I think to to musicians who would do a song and yeah. they did it live within that program. And I think that's been really cool. And I know here in Nashville, there have been similar efforts, maybe not as organized as that one, but Brad Paisley did one from his kitchen last week. Dirk Bentley did one from his back porch last week that I saw. And there've been several of the honky tonks on Broadway. Everybody who's familiar with Nashville knows how busy that street is and It's a street of, gosh, 70 bars or something like that that all play music on every floor from 10 a.m. till 3 a.m., 365 days a year, and it's completely shut down. But what some of them have done is they have brought in bands and, and paid them to keep them in some level of work, and then they stream it live on their websites around the world, and so... It's definitely slowed this city down, but the music keeps on playing as much as it possibly can.
2: What about Vanderbilt? Is, uh, is it uh, just online classes at this point?
5: Yeah, it's online classes through the rest of the year. And they were one of the first schools, I think, nationwide to do that, Lauren. Uh, they had a very early case at the Vanderbilt Medical Center, which is one of the premier medical centers in the entire country. And that got the school administration just thinking, okay, this is already on our campus. We've got to think about it. And basically at that exact same time, they were in the middle of spring break. And Vanderbilt students especially were scattered around the globe at that point in time. And then shortly thereafter, they had a group of students who were in Spain. And about half of the 10 people on the trip came down with cases. And they, they made the decision that just said, no one's coming back. You know you've all left and uh, if you're here you have till the end of the weekend to to pack up and get out if if you are gone you're you're just gone and you'll get your stuff at some later point in time but classes are shifting online for the rest of the year so they were one of the first schools nationwide to sort of make that early decision and since then just about everybody else has followed followed
1: suit visiting with steve layman down in nashville i'm so proud of you steve on several for several reasons but uh to hear you talk about country music, you know my love for country music, especially the, the older country music, it does my heart good to hear you uh, talk right in the midst of what's going on in country music.
5: Hey, I'm, I'm trying, man. I, I'm Nashville through and through at this point. It's been over nine years, almost ten years since I've lived here, so I, I'm i pretty hardcore music city at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, Nashville, obviously, a pro town, an NFL team, of course, and uh, the Predators have played about 70, I think, of their 82 games uh, in the hockey season. What's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, let's start with hockey first because it's uh, like the NBA. It's, they were late in the season. Do you see it uh, coming back for this season?
5: It'll be really interesting, Steve. And actually, the president is having a call at 11 o'clock this morning with all of the major professional sports leagues commissioners. And I don't exactly know what they're going to discuss. I mean, we know what they're going to discuss. I don't know what the details of the discussion is going to be, or if there will be any guidance on that, or if it's just an update or whatever, but that is some news that people maybe should be aware of that. We might hear something that comes out of that meeting later today. But my impression of this is that specifically when it comes to the NBA and the NHL, they want to finish their season somehow, some way. Now, what that exactly looks like is going to be the million-dollar or maybe billion-dollar question for each league once it, it gets done. But if we can corral this issue, whether that's flattening the curve or, or coming up with some sort of a, a remedy, this hydroxychloroquine with a ZPAC combination seems to look promising. Can that be mass-produced and, and help people out quickly at this point where we could get back to normal life? If that can happen, when it happens, I think both leagues want to play. I think the question is how quickly does it happen? You know, if April 30th is the end of this time period, that's what we're talking about now. And if it's truly the end, I think both leagues would love to have about a two-week period to get their players back acclimated, maybe a, a mini training camp, and then resume their regular seasons and play it out through the summer to end of July or early August. If you go much later than that, it's hard to feel that, you could do that without massively interrupting next season and so I think you're going to have to look at that but in particular I I know the NHL they want to have a Stanley Cup champion and they want to play a full playoff I don't think they're going to doctor their playoffs because the cup is so precious to so many they're not going to turn it into like a four-team tournament in July where they play best of five series you know they're going to they're going to want the full playoffs with seven-game series, if at all possible, to do that. And so at some point, they're going to have to make a call, but maybe the regular season's just over and you pick it up from there. So all that's going to be interesting. But I do think, if at all possible, if we get by this year anytime soon, I think they're going to try and finish out their season.
1: Another couple of minutes with Steve Lehman. Let's go down memory lane a moment. Fifteen years ago this weekend, you were still hanging out with Myself and Lauren Tate and Ed Bond, who stopped by the studio here, and you spent some time in St. Louis as thousands of other uh, Illini fans did at the Final Four, then it's been kind of fun to kind of think back about that, hasn't it?
5: Oh, yeah. It's been marvelous. And One of the things, I was listening to you guys last segment, and I haven't gone back to watch a lot of old games, but one thing I did do is watch the Arizona game over last week on the day that it happened just because – To this day, it's one of the most special sporting environments I've ever been in. And I'm not sure I've ever heard an arena louder than when Darren hit the three to tie it at 80. And I've been in some pretty loud arenas in a lot of different sports. But that was just a moment where it felt like the lid blew off. And for Illinois fans, it had been a 16-year wait at that point to to get back to the promised land, so to speak, was such a special moment. And that weekend in St. Louis was really kind of a thrill as well for so many people there. So I I disagree with you guys, though. I actually like the 05 team better than the 89 team just because of the the neutralization of the three-point shot. To this day, I think that the 05 team is the best college basketball shooting team I've seen up close in person. And I think that would win the day against the 89 team. Both incredible teams. I think the 89 team certainly has a lot of strength. But I think that three-point shot, you know, as long as they're not shooting the way they did for the first half of the North Carolina game of the championship, <laughs> I, I think that three-point shot probably wins the well, day. Well,
1: that's a, that's a good point. I, I tend to go defensively on who would guard whom. But uh, you make a good point there, Lord.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, you know, because Gill uh, missed half that season for the Illini, and that. That you have to weigh that into any discussion because they, they didn't lose games when he played until right. Michigan. And by the way, last night I had to read, and I had a hard time doing it, about the championship game that Michigan played against Seton Hall. I didn't know there was another game after we lost. <laughs> we, that was in that was in uh, Seattle, and uh, we were still there. You know, I we know, didn't we didn't know. come back right away, and I, that but, was hard. But you can't. And they didn't mention the whole story. Didn't mention the Michigan beating Illinois. The whole story was about Michigan beating Seton Hall. And it was a really close game. It went right down to the wire. Robinson, I think, Ramil Robinson hit a couple of free throws late to win. Did it. you
1: go to that game? We were still there. I did not go to
2: it. I don't. I remember it, so I must have seen it. Yes, yeah. I remember. Well, it
1: was on TV, obviously. You no, saw. No, I think I was there. I. I I was in town still, but I didn't go to the game. I, I just felt like well, I, I don't was, have an
2: interest in this. I just remember some things about the game that makes me think I saw it, but it's yeah. a very, real vague memory. But it just, tur- I mean, everything was about that previous game uh, with me. And I had the a, a strangest feeling last night reading that story about that the Hall game because I just, uh, you know, yeah. I, and I just offended that they didn't even mention Illinois at <laughs> any point in the story. Yeah.
0: No,
5: no, it's true. I, I was reading something of, on the 05 championship game the other day, and it's just weird to see it from, especially, other people's perspectives, national people who weren't as tied into the team, certainly, at that point in time. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to go down these memory lanes. And for Illinois fans, I think, in particular, one thing that struck me as I was looking back on some old things this week is how good those two teams were, 89 and 2005. I was actually in a conversation with a national writer this week who.
11: It was like, gosh,
5: I love both those teams. They were so good. And we basically came up with the consensus that each one of those teams is probably on the short list of best teams in the history of college basketball, and neither one of them won a title. And for Illinois fans, I think that's the, the really sad thing, is there's a bunch of teams that have won national championships that aren't nearly as good as either the 89 flying Illini or that 05 team, and Illinois is still waiting to hang that banner even as good as those two teams were.
1: Lamo, always good to catch up with you. Thanks for taking time, and uh, stay busy and uh, stay safe.
5: Absolutely, guys. Stay safe up there, and I look forward to getting back and hanging out with you in person as soon as I can leave my house again.
4: <laughs> we
1: Will do it. <laughs> Thanks again. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5 in Nashville. And let's go back to the phones here quickly. Wayne and champagne has been hanging on a bit. Hey, Wayne, what's on your mind?
14: Well, first of all, thanks for taking my call. And I've got a lot of the same inners to so live here in Champaign. And uh, one question, I guess i got two questions here, but we talk a lot about uh, I.O. going pro and things. And I keep thinking, when, at what point do they get an agent? In other words, a high school player that's going pro, once they get an agent, they cannot go back to the – drink
2: correct no they can go back this year you if you get the right agent i mean there there's a list of agents and i forget the number it might be 15 it might be 25 i don't remember but there's there are agents that you can use and 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 still go back that's that i think okay. i think that's a new rule but i'm not sure about the newness but i i, I did read uh extensively about the the fact that uh, there are age I, I saw the list of agents and i saw their names and i didn't know any of them
14: and of course we all feel so sorry for those all all of the seniors that are going out and that are pro material you know it's just it's just a sad deal but uh for a lot of people uh my second question is uh, affects um all the three of us here and many, many more. (laughs) And that's, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of golf. Do you think that down the road here, that they are going to make a differential uh, from, you know, I look at golf as being out in the open air as both uh, you, Steve and, and Lauren do, but are they, Are they going to, are we in the same category as every other sport, or do you think they're looking at them individually? And when I say they, I don't even know what committee it would be, but somebody.
1: I think it's being looked at individually, state by state. Some states are on um, a shelter in place, but the golf courses are open, like Arizona. Indiana's in a shelter in place, yet the golf courses are open with Some pretty strict stipulations. This is different. I mean, there's no... Hey,
2: tell that Massachusetts, Rhode Island story.
1: Well, Bob here, who works at Circulation, told us uh, that when we came in this morning, that some guys that live in Massachusetts wanted to play golf, and you can't do it in Massachusetts, so they went to Rhode Island, which was a quick drive. They parked their cars in Massachusetts. Yeah. And got. I think at a McDonald's, so like yeah, four, four blocks from the golf got course. Got into uh, to Rhode Island, they walked the with their clubs to the golf course. Played. When they got back, they found themselves uh, ticketed, and and will be fined. What do you Five, say? Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. And maybe some time in jail oh. for <laughs> for doing that.
14: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, it's just that uh, I'm. Uh, people, people just say when they talk to me, oh, you're just a broken record. You keep talking about golf and golf. And I said, well, I, I'll go out and I'll walk for four holes or whatever, just to enjoy the game. And I'm, I could be 10 foot from somebody or a hundred feet or a thousand feet, you you know,
1: golf defines social distancing as, as well as anything I can I can think of, if done correctly. You can't have two guys in a cart and things like that. But uh, most courses that are open, at least for limited play, uh, are saying walking only. Hey, Wayne, appreciate your time.
14: Well, thanks a lot for your expertise, you guys. I, I love you guys in the and hear area. And, Lauren, you just keep going on like uh, Energizer bunnies. So <laughs>
2: All right, thank you.
1: Ed Bond is You're with bad. us. what do you have to say there?
15: There's some people in this building that went over to Indiana earlier this week. I've heard that. To play golf. Uh huh. No, I don't think they were fined or anything, but. I know they in were. In Indiana, it's legal. <laughs> so they went over there.
2: But they didn't have any holes to put the ball in. They had little mounds, you know. That, I can they, tell
1: you exactly what happened. There were no flag sticks.
13: Oh, did you go?
1: I'm, <laughs> You're not admitting I'm telling you to. exactly what happened. <laughs> there were no flag sticks. So you. you you know, you you couldn't see where the hole was. Although well,
2: well, couldn't you see where the mound was? Yes,
1: you got closer. You couldn't see.
2: I mean, when you were shooting your iron shots. Yeah, it the wasn't
1: g- a mound. It was like a twice the size of a normal cup, okay? It was a cup. Okay. But it was sitting above the ground. It was not in the ground. Okay. So you putted to that cup. It was like playing croquet once you if got you it. the If you hit the cup, it was, a, if it's, it was good. You were done. If it hit the cup, you obviously you can't keep an accurate score. You can't post a score for your handicap No gimmicks. <laughs> you you were putting like you would never putt. <laughs> you were hitting it so hard trying to hit it off that thing, and you'd never do that in, in the regular golf. But uh, that's the way it was set up over at uh, Rivercrest in uh, Covington, Indiana. We need to take a break. Let's do that. We'll keep the phone lines open. Sean Harrington's going to join us in a couple of minutes. So stay with us. Line I Pelas Saturday Sports Talk is back after this. <laughs> Moving up on 1034. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk rolling on till 11 or thereabouts. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. We've had a lively conversation, a bunch of phone calls, some guests. We had Jay Lehman, Lou Hernandez, and Brad Sturdy on in the first hour. Steve Lehman, a former co-worker who is now a sports reporter at News Channel 5 in Nashville, spent some time with us. Now we're going to welcome into the program former Illini basketball player and ESPN analyst Sean Harrington, Welcome to us from the state of Florida. Sean, how you doing, my friend?
16: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. How are things in Florida these days?
16: Oh, we're doing all right. I think we're doing uh, what everybody else is doing, hanging out at house and uh, trying to stay put as much as possible, and obviously very fortunate with the weather down here. So we're able to uh, use the pool and go for some walks and just kind of hang out and get some uh, some exercise, but hanging around the house quite a bit. It's
1: kind of an interesting uh, time we're in with, with no sports. Certainly there are bigger issues than sports, but in the history of this country, sports has done so much to uh, to kind of bring people back together in, in trying times, and it's kind of hard to, to know how to feel about this. What do you think?
16: Yeah, I mean, obviously um – I'm very passionate about sports and basketball in particular. So it's, it's something that has been hard to, to not have that kind of in your life, but obviously there's, there are much bigger things that we're all dealing with. But, uh, I think it is times like this where you notice, this uh, how big of a part of sports are of your life and, and how much you do miss it. And uh, like you said, it's something I think it does bond everybody kind of together and give you something to talk about and, and almost kind of like a, a, a release from some of your work duties or, um, just to be able to relax and watch a game. And I think a lot of people are missing that
11: right now.
1: We'll never know how Illinois might have done in the NCAA tournament, but uh, they were kind of on a roll uh, in Big Ten play and finished the, the year strong. And they, the way they played, uh, especially over the uh, conference season, when they got on that seven game road, uh, uh, seven-game winning streak, Uh, and winning so many games on the road they were kind of set up for a team that might uh, do well in the postseason because of the way they play defense Uh, your thoughts on the way this team uh, ended up this year and what you think might have happened in postseason play
16: yeah obviously uh, when you get into the postseason it's all about matchups and uh, you get a good matchup or you get an upset in your bracket or something like that it helps your path out but um, i tell you the biggest thing obviously this team defended really well so that's going to keep you in any ball game so you're going to have a chance to win when you when you stay close and you can defend and, and that team did this very well I, I thought for the first time in several years you could tell this team believed they could win and, and that's a big part of it too there to would be close games uh, and they would pull out some close wins obviously had some tough ones as well but uh, they really believed that they could win, and that's a big part of it when you get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, obviously, having a player like the Sumo is a big deal, too. You need a go-to guy that can go and get your bucket. Uh, late in ball games, when plays break down, and you just go isolation or plays break down, and you need that one guy just make a one-on-one play. He could do that for you. So they, they had some of the pieces in there uh, to make a good run. Obviously, the thing they struggled with all year and, and and something that could have hurt them in the, in the tournament situation is they were not a very good shooting team from three. And when you got to win six games in, in in three weekends or get hot in a weekend to advance to the next week, uh, if you go in some shooting slumps or scoring slumps, that that could be just enough to, to get you, uh, in a one and done situation. So that would have been the issue that they would have ran into is, uh, if they got cold, which, which happened throughout the year that, that, that could have, that could have, uh, I tripped him up a little
2: bit so on this Lauren we do a lot of talk about what might have been do you do you get involved in any of these uh, fictional tournaments where you pick teams or pick players I know that uh, for instance uh, there, there was one I saw on internet in which they picked the all time greatest college player and it came out to be Michael Jordan even though I don't think many people that really studied it uh, would have put him ahead of uh, uh, Cinder. but did you, get, did you get involved in any of that stuff?
16: Uh, I ran a, uh, a tournament just uh, on my Twitter feed, and I used uh, Joe Leonardi's last bracket that he put out there, and okay. I used a, uh, a device that was called What If Sports. And, and mm-hmm. on that, on that uh, simulator, you can put the current teams in there, you hit submit, and it plays the game out. And, and I did a bracket that way to see what would happen uh, just based on that. and uh, Duke ended up winning my tournament. Uh, there were some surprises along the way, know, it was just it gave me a little bit of an outlet for a few days just to kind of have some fun with it. I uh, had some comments from a bunch of people following on Twitter, so it kind of brought some people together and uh, gave us a little bit of release for a while, but um, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of those one-on-one debates going on, and, and which team would be better uh, decades and generations and, and players, and uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about, and really that, that's all we have right now in sports is, is to have these debates and have those
2: one-on-one conversations. Okay, I'll ask you that. Steve was ready to ask you. 89 versus 2005 Illini. Who's the best? Who would have won? Oof. Uh, the
16: 2001 Illini team is better than both of them. <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> that was a
1: good political answer there. But uh, a lot of people, uh, there was a Twitter vote on that, and the 05 team won, I think maybe because uh, – People really believe they might, but I think it was generational. Yeah. You mentioned that too. Uh, well, that three-point yeah, shot more recent.
2: They were really good at the three-point yeah. shot, yeah.
16: and it is. It's really hard to when, like you talked about, you're comparing teams that played in different eras, different generations, um, different different rules. The, the the rules of basketball were different time. You just mentioned, you know, a three-point shot makes all the world of a difference. Um, you know, and some of those teams were just getting used to that at the time. Obviously. Um, big men were much more valuable uh, in the 80s in the in the 90s and even in the early 2000s uh, than they were later on it is becoming a lot more guard oriented so um, it's interesting when you would put players in different generations uh, up against each other uh, you know what rules are they playing under what what style of play are they playing what 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 system um uh, uh, Are they playing at the time? So a team that relies on a lot of threes right now, if they're playing 25, 30 years ago and there's no three-point line, uh, you know, it takes a huge advantage away. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun to have those debates. Uh, But it's really difficult to say somebody was better than someone else that played 30, 40 years
9: before them.
2: Well, you know, uh, the interesting thing, you brought up the center thing, and it's very interesting to me that both Augustine and Hamilton were the two centers on those two teams, and they were not – major offensive threats they weren't I mean they were they were adequate but uh, most of the scoring uh, was were by the smaller players on the team and I say smaller players I think Hamilton was only about 6'6 but they listed him as 6'8 maybe but I mean uh, those those teams are different because they were so fast and so quick and they they were they were almost both of them are like the modern champions that we see that are small and quick and fast.
9: Yeah,
16: yeah, absolutely. And obviously the uh the 89 team had a lot of size. It not like you said not in the center position, but those are big guards.
11: When you mm-hmm. start talking
16: about Gill, you start talking about Anderson. Uh you start talking about Battle, you know, they, those, those are bigger guys that played uh much bigger than their size and uh they, they, they you know, so they, they had the they had the quickness, they had the speed and uh, you know, I joke about it. I'm biased the 2001 team. I, I I still think we're as good as anybody uh in the country that year but it's same thing we had so much size so much power you could dominate people uh that way and, and that's that's the way that we played that year too so uh obviously those are three terrific teams uh, it's a lot of fun to debate them uh who was who the best team and uh you know just a little nugget we threw out there on our, our 01 team um the final four that year was michigan state maryland and arizona we beat all three that year the national yeah. champion was Duke, and we lost to them by one that season. So, um, you know, to try to find a team that beat three of the four in the final four in one season and lost to the champion, the other one by one, um, You know, I thought we were as good as anybody in the country that year. And uh, on any given night, we could have easily beat anybody as well.
1: That might have been a trivia question you just came up with there. Sean Harrington with us another couple of minutes. Of course, Lauren, there's probably people out there that would say the Wiz Kids would have beat both those teams. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
16: that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, when you saw, and you mentioned it too, it's when you saw somebody play, right. uh, you know, that, that really does um, make you bias one way or another. If, if you lived through a certain generation and, and saw people up close and personal, you have a new appreciation for how good those teams were in each of those decades.
1: Well, I'm guessing you're a baseball fan, and living in Florida, you're probably uh, excited about having some spring training games uh, nearby, and that's taken away as well. So, whatever the new normal is, and I don't know that anybody has the answer, but I think a lot of us are anxious to get to it.
16: Yeah, no question, and uh, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Now, obviously, we need to be smart about this, and um, everyone needs to do their part, and. To see where sports go from here, it, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. I think to have a lot of people in one area anytime soon. So yeah. uh, I don't know what the next sport is going to be. Obviously, baseball should be now, uh, so they're going to be uh, struggling here for quite a while. Obviously, football's the next one on the books. That's that's the big time one, and you know, will they be able to have fifty to a hundred people, a hundred thousand uh, people in stadiums and september who knows the way things are going so um i think it'd be really odd to have games with no fans there'd be a whole nother dynamic but um you know if there's a safe way to do that at least we can see some sports and uh, not have the huge gatherings I, i'm sure it would be uh, a welcome sign here in a few months if that's a possibility but obviously the safety of uh, of the communities and safety of the country is the, the most important thing at this point.
1: Hey, Sean, good to catch up with you. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll do it again one of these days down the road. Thank you.
16: All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. You
1: bet. Sean Harrington with us, an analyst for ESPN during a basketball season as well. Speaking of what we were just ending there with, with baseball and how it might start up, Ken Rosenthal covers baseball, is reporting that Major League Baseball is considering starting the season at spring training sites in Florida and Arizona only before no fans. No fans in attendance, but they could get the games, they figured out a way perhaps to get the games started in that scenario in spring training ballparks in Arizona and Florida with no fans. Okay, and maybe what, maybe television would be there, but
2: And what if one guy one guy gets... I hear you. <laughs> and then what do you do?
1: Ponder that. I'm sure somebody smarter than us is thinking
2: about that. But uh, I wonder if they'd make any special arrangements to test everybody before you put them out there. And, you know, I, I would that be fair? Would that be, you know, from a national standpoint, uh, when when testing is so desperately needed everywhere and in hospitals and everywhere mm-hmm. else, would, would you be willing to go out and test what... 25 or 30 players on every team uh, that's a lot of people it is 1040 would you, would you do a thousand tests I guess is what I I mean.
1: right don't know 1046 we'll keep the phone lines open as long as you'd like to uh join us we'll take a break three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number I Iipella Saturday sports talk continues after this it is 10 49. Here on Line I Fellow Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We do have the phone lines open. Had a, a good uh, flurry of calls early. We want to try to end that way as well. Let's go to uh, William in Champagne. You're on the air with us. Go ahead, sir.
11: Yeah, I just want to ask both of you a question concerning both teams. Which one do you think had the better bench?
2: Oh, no question about that. Eighty nine. Uh, the Flying Line I had Smith who led the team in assists that year, coming off the bench. They had Marcus Liberty and they had Small. Marcus Liberty was an NBA player for several years. No qu- I mean, yeah. that, that wasn't even close. That was the strength of that team was the fact that they bring Smith in the game and bring Liberty in the game. Liberty was a star, uh, Steve, in Minneapolis. Remember that? He, he really he – really And so ha-
1: was Irvin Small in the Louisville right. game exactly. in Minneapolis. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But Jack Ingram played a key role in the the Arizona game and during that season as well. He did. He had Rich McBride on on the bench Mm -hmm. uh, on that 05 team also. But I I think Lauren and I both agree on that. The bench would be certainly in favor of the Flying Illini. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir, William. And uh, let's go Marty calling as usual in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Good morning, Marty.
15: Greetings, Steve. Greetings, Lauren. Yeah, interesting. And I I like the early thought that the – 2005 team shot the three-ball well, true, but the 89 team was athletic enough and lengthy enough to guard the three-ball awfully well, too.
2: That's true. I
15: still still think the 89 team wins. There there were just better players in the league. That league in the 89 was full of NBA draft picks all over the place. Michigan had about six of them.
2: That's right. That's right.
15: I know we can debate it. The 2001 team was good, but the '89 team—I don't think there's ever been more talented Illinois at one time than that team. Really don't. And I—I'll. Uh, my apologies to the Wiz Kids. I wasn't born in time to see them.
1: Well, um, the game was. game. <laughs> you really can't do it. The game is so much different. Yeah.
15: Oh yeah. Um, you got you piqued my interest with that little tidbit on the MLB, Steve. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to call till I heard that. That would be interesting it would at least get the country some sports. Uh, I'm not worried about the test as much, Lauren, because they're gonna have that four-minute, find out if you're positive, minutes to find out if you're negative test. The the little one's gonna be ready. It's ready now, but they'll have it ramped up and rolled out by the time baseball would get going. They'd be able to test easily if that was the issue. The other issue is, you know, three teams at NL Central train in Arizona, two teams train in Florida, so there's going to be a lot of cross-country travel if they do that. I'd be interested to see how they would arrange all that. But I think it would be good for the country to have something to watch to take their mind off all this. Because, uh, I mean, it's just tough on people. They're just not used to it.
1: Yeah, there'd you gotta, be, you know, be, there would be blind, some uh, logistical issues something. for sure.
15: Oh, yeah. It would be fun. I'd like to see something. Even if there aren't any fans in the ballpark, it would be fun. You know, you, could, you know what would be fun? You could actually hear what the dugouts are saying to the umpire.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what's – that that one basketball game they started, Steve, you could hear the uh, coach talking the whole time. Remember the (laughs) the game they played a half and they quit?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
15: In the Big Ten tournament? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Right.
9: Yeah.
15: Anyway, guys, uh, great show as always. You probably got somebody else holding, so I'll get off there, but – I like that, Steve. That was a way to sneak in a little tidbit there at the end of the show. That was nice.
1: I'm just trying That was
15: a tease for that's a tease for next week because you get Bernie and Tom, you get Akron, you get everybody on to talk about that one.
1: We'll see what we can do. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Let's go back uh, to the phones and uh, Steve is with us. Go ahead, Steve.
10: Yeah, just a quick one.
7: What I enjoy most about the replay of the Oilers, the game of the week, and I heard you mention Ed Bond's name in the studio there this morning. But his intro to that I thought was great because I remember listening as my first line of game on the radio on the farm. And uh, I just thought that was a really great intro.
1: Appreciate that. We'll pass that along to uh, Mr. Bond. Thank you, Steve. You were breaking up there a little bit, so we'll let you go. But thanks uh, for the call. We'll keep the uh, phone lines open, 356-9397. One thing I noticed in that um, Arizona game, watching it again, I was there obviously, and but watching it again uh, last weekend, Illinois was stuck on. Um, they ended up winning by one, right, in overtime. They That's were right. they were on uh, 90 for a long time. They were ahead 90 to 84, something like that. Ended up winning 90 to 89. Right. They, they were they were hanging on there. Arizona had some opportunities.
2: Yeah, well, Arizona Including a last look. Imagine how Arizona felt. Yeah. I mean, we you th- know, we know how we If you brought that up to Lute Olson, he'd probably punch you in the nose right now. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake once upon a time of talking to the former Minnesota basketball coach about a game that Frank Williams won with that last basket, mm-hmm. remember that great? Mm-hmm. And I said and I brought it up and he was mad at me from that moment. He didn't want to talk to me anymore. Ever? I, well, no, I mean, I was I was doing an interview with him. A pregame interview, right. and I could tell the tone. I mean, he sure. continued to speak to me, but the tone changed. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up something that was a really a sour note to him, and that was the game where Illinois made, they had Minnesota had three turnovers in the last 17 seconds, and Frank made that last basket on the inbounds pass and drove and made that high high layup. It was, you know, was, he was way up in the air above the rim, and saw all those people in the end zone. Uh, the picture of it, you know, with him scoring and, and all of them with their mouths open, they couldn't believe they lost the game at Minneapolis, yeah. you know. But, you uh, know, those, those games uh, mean something to us, but they also mean something sure. to the guys that lost.
1: I feel like the Michigan game when Iowa hit the shot this year, Michigan missed a whole bunch of foul shots uh, late in the ball game that would have oh, solved that game away. Are you kidding? He missed
2: five of the last six. He wouldn't have had a chance to, to win the game. Absolutely. They just threw that game away.
1: Yep. Ten We'll squeeze in a break here and be back if you want to. Keep calling. We'll go past eleven a little bit if you want to. Three five six nine three nine seven. Back with more in just a moment. Moving up on that eleven o'clock hour, we're going to go a little past the uh, top of the hour if you still want to call in. We'll do it as long. Well, better watch what I say. We'll do it almost as long as you might want. Lauren said he had to be home by six. <clears throat> I said uh, you'll be doing the last couple hours by yourself if we're staying to, if we're staying that long. Go back to the phones. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number. Chad calling from Danville. Hey, Chad. How you doing? Good.
17: Hey, uh, I got a question for you. You guys are doing uh, these shows from the studio, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm curious, Lauren. At your age, you know, you're well respected, and we all, you know, love you. You're basically the history of Illinois sports. Is there any way they can Skype you in cuz I don't like the idea of you going into a studio and talking into a mic that is so close to your face that other people have been talking into coughing in spitting in I mean uh, yeah, that's that,
3: a concern.
2: That, that's been a concern for me and and we've always wiped off the, the uh, mics and stuff I mean but you know who knows I could get it anywhere and that's that is possible I guess although I don't touch the mic so are you suggesting that the the mic could, what's on the mic could, could reach me without, you know, without me touching it? I don't know.
17: T- well, uh, yeah, I'm thinking there are contaminants on that mic and, you know, on a, a microphone you have to talk, it's not like you're four feet away from it. No, you're, I'm,
2: you I'm know. two inches away, but I've never touched it.
17: Right. I just, that's just a concern and like I said. This is one of only two don't times don't
2: that I, one of only two times I come out, I got to go grocery <laughs> shopping every two weeks. <laughs> And I go at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I will wear a mask this week, and I do have gloves on right now.
1: And from my standpoint, I've made a career out of trying to stay at least six feet away from Lauren Tate. (laughs) So this this is really nothing new for me.
2: And he really likes it when I wear a mask.
10: (laughs) I mean,
17: look, I don't want to get morbid here, but how are we going to get our history of Illinois sports?
2: Well, you only get it from me when I can look it up because I can't remember anything. (laughs) perfect thanks Chad we appreciate it but I do have some information here and I want to get it out Okay. Uh, the the 2005 team shot 39.2 from the three point line that's really good the 89 team shot 40 let's see 42.5 that's really good that's one of the all time greats but the 2005 team took 877 shots that's a lot the '89 team took 400. And, I'm sorry, they took 320 shots. So they took way more than two times the number of shots did the 2005 team. And it was a lot more in vogue then, Steve. I mean the sure the three. I mean the the '89. You got to remember the eighty The three-point shot came in in '87, and they had Altenberger then. And mm-hmm. and Lou basically said, Altenberger, you can shoot. The rest of you guys, I'm not too sure about. You know. But by 89, they'd kind of started to release it a little bit. And Nick Anderson shot really well and and Kendall Gale, But um, they didn't shoot near as many attempts, but they shot a higher percentage.
1: The only reason Aldenberger was able to do that was he redshirted.
4: That's
2: right.
1: Because of an injury and got that extra year. Let's go back uh, to the phones. Tom in Decatur. Hey, Tom.
4: Good morning. Appreciate your show uh, and going over this morning. Thank you very much would be curious on your guys' opinion on Io's weaknesses. Obviously, he needs strength and three-point improvement. What else?
2: His strength has come a long way in the last year, and I would assume as he goes forward that strength will not be so much of a concern. He has, he's matured that way. I think his outside shot is a is is major concern, the jump shot.
1: I think ball handling uh needs to be improved a little bit. He still had several turnovers. I think that is something that, uh, depending on what team he gets to and how much he would handle the ball, he would have to shore that up a little bit. What about you, Tom? What do could you think?
4: He, could you see him playing point in two years in the NBA? No. I have a little trouble. No,
2: no, no. No, no he's not a point
4: Right. I agree, right.
2: There are a lot of you know there are a lot of second guards in the in the league. I mean they're not everybody's not a point guard. But it'd be nice to have two point guards out there. I mean and I, quite
4: I, often that second quite often that second guard is a pretty good three shooter.
2: Yeah, that's right. Most of them have to be. It may that there's yeah, a agree. reason there's a reason why he's not in the top thirty in terms of this draft.
4: Good, a- excellent point and totally agree. Yes.
2: But he's an awful, good, he's awful okay. good college player, and we'd sure love to have him back.
4: That's for sure. And okay, well, appreciate your show very much. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tom. I think this is a stretching a point a little bit, but there are going to be a lot of players who have the option to go to leave school, seniors especially that could come back in spring sports, who are looking out and see that the – Market for them as they leave school isn't as good as it might be a year from now. And I think I.O. can also see that maybe the NBA market might be better from him. We don't know what's going to happen. And he doesn't know. And we don't even know if there's going to be a college season next year. We, we can't we can't guarantee that. But you would think there would be. But I I don't know if the fans will come back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we don't know when uh, the new normal is going to uh come about in a lot of things and if you've been housebound here recently maybe you notice some things about your house that need worked on at some point like uh, your windows well when it does get back to normal you want to make some improvements uh, please consider Illini Pella they've got uh, the lifestyle series of windows to uh, check out Illini Pella located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign the lifestyle series of wood windows and patio doors provide outstanding sound control and energy efficiency all at a real good value most styles are available with the triple pane glass which can improve energy conservation the Pella lifestyle series is a leader in energy efficiency plus you can personalize solutions for each room of your home with available product packages all kinds of different ways to go 356-6474 is the phone number for the Pella window store or learn more about uh, this product and others at line Pella at Pella of Mike Mary and his team are uh, still doing business uh, as best they can, just like uh, uh, many other businesses in these times. So uh, keep them in mind when you do start thinking about the windows and doors at your home. It's 11.06. we we'll take a final break and be back with more after this. Stay with us here on DWS. Welcome back to the show. Running a little bit overtime. We're in the overtime session of the show at 1110. Phone line is still open. Michael in Champaign is with us. Go ahead, Michael.
3: Uh, yes, indeed. I've people are talking about it, but I remember a couple of great teams, and uh, I, I do agree about the 89 team being the best, mostly of uh, Chicago Public League. But the team that lost at Kentucky when we were... Uh, we many of us felt we were cheated out of that game. Uh, was among the top teams, and then the second team, we did not shoot free, free throws very well, and we played. I think Villanova went on and won the national championship, but we should have won the game against Villanova.
1: Yeah, that game was in Cincinnati. I remember that well. It was awesome. that,
2: that was awful. Was the '87 team? Yep. That was a, that was the, or was it '88? Was it '87 or '88? Now, let me look. Let me ch- think about that. Eighty seven was the um, eighty-seven was the team that lost to Austin P. So it was 87-88 80, then. Eighty eight was the team that lost to Villanova. That score yeah. was sixty six to sixty three, but Illinois had about an eight or ten point lead late in late in the game and just missed free throw after free throw.
1: Everybody missed them. I remember vividly Nick Anderson missing a couple and Yeah, and Battle. I remember
2: Battle missing them yeah. and I mean everybody. Gill, everybody just they just couldn't make a free throw, and the game turned. And I'll never forget the last corner shot uh, basket by a, a deep sub. I think some of their guys had fouled out, mm-hmm. and this guy drained a three from the corner. And you know he hadn't even played hardly. Right.
1: Anything else, Michael?
3: No. That's those that are the ones that I, that really stand out when uh, we were very hopeful about the uh, Illinois team, and then the recruitment. Uh, picked up uh, out of Chicago because uh, before that, uh, people seemed to wanted to go to DePaul and uh, WGN would only show. it Seemed to me they never uh, DePaul wouldn't p- play Illinois the way, and uh, we, uh, they would only show uh, DePaul games on WGN, which was before the great you know ESPN life.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. That eighty three eighty four game down at uh Rupp Arena in Lexington, we were all there for that, and uh, and as Lou Henson might say, Dickie Beals is still traveling.
2: <laughs> right at half court.
1: <laughs> right at half court, and uh, I was kind of mixed to that, but that was 83, 84, so I'd have been in, I had been in Champagne a couple of years at that point, and being a Kentucky grad. I
2: <laughs> to be fair, Illinois was still one point behind at that time. Yes, they were. And Illinois would have gotten the ball with a chance to win the game. And to be fair, Kentucky turned,
1: went to the Final Four and got annihilated by Georgetown, I believe. But
2: that was a uh, Montgomery winners team with Altenberger yeah. on the team, and and uh, Douglas and Richardson were the guards, and that was a good ball club. Richardson came back and had a great year that year. Remember I mean, He had he had almost. I think he redshirted. He did. It. He did. He redshirted the year, but he yep. and Bontemps Temps were decided which one would redshirt, and and he he did it, and Bontemps Temps came back. They did that
1: because Derek Harper was going to leave, mm-hmm. and they wanted somebody to play point, and he filled uh, filled in very nicely there. Kevin, in Champaign, you're on the air with us. Go ahead.
18: Good morning, gentlemen. I appreciate you staying on a little later today. Um, I'm kind of switching the subject line of what's been going on this morning and what you've been talking about. My question is, you know, I look at schools like Western and Eastern Illinois University. What is the advantage for them to be a Division One instead of being a Division Two team? Because, you know, I, I look at enrollments going down. I look at the costs like Western's in the Summit Conference. Um, and my heart's a little bit there. I had a daughter play volleyball and her boyfriend's baseballer with the Reds now. But all that travel, um, they, what, I don't think volleyball's ever had a winning season. And baseball consistently starts out, you know, 0 and 13, you know, 10, uh, 2 and 11. So, is it finances that um make it more advantageous for them to stay Division One instead of dropping Division Two?
2: Say that again. Is it? Is, it, say, ask that question again. Is it, is advantageous? it
18: advantageous to stay Division One, like a Western or an Eastern? Who very seldom compete,
2: even well in their they conference. get they get a drain off the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, all those teams in Division One get a get an, an amount. I think they were expecting a lot more than than are going to get this year. I don't know how they're going to survive without that money. Well, I, they're
1: getting a about half of what they would normally get at mm-hmm. best. Well, that's yeah. yeah.
2: And now when the football season comes along, then you'll find out how much they get. And if you don't get football uh, income, you're just ruined. It's like the yeah. like the athletic director at uh, Iowa State said, "You're going back to the Stone Age or the Ice Age or you know you're going back to the Stone Age." You just, there'd be no way you can you can justify. And the, and the worst part of it for all the all the the, the top Division One schools is that football pays for everything else. All those other sports, except basketball, which kind of pays for itself, I think at least men's basketball but all the rest of them are are kind of dependent on football for income.
18: Yeah, well, I look at like Eastern Western aren't they Division 1AA when it comes to football or you know not yeah.
7: Division 1?
2: Yeah. they're not it's not the same as basketball. There're 350 some schools in in uh in basketball and they're they're in that. I think what is it, 11, 11 schools in the state of Illinois I Forgot the number, but it could be around that number uh, that are in Division One in basketball.
18: Oh. Yeah, I look at Division One for those two schools especially, um, and they um, obviously do never. Very seldom do they get even a top 100, 150 basketball player to come in a high school senior and stuff like that. So the subject was brought up. That's why I thought it was a perfect day to call and ask you guys today. Thank you for the information.
1: Yep, appreciate the call. Kevin, calling uh, from Champaign. We're going to wrap things up here in just a minute or two. Uh, the class for the uh, 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame includes Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. They're elected uh, for enshrinement August 29th in Springfield,
2: Massachusetts. Kevin Garnett, he's an actor, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I think so. I saw him in a movie. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a full-time actor. <laughs> i just saying I, he had a part, a regular part, right. in a really bad movie. He's going into
1: the uh, Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in this mm-hmm. particular class. Kobe Bryant, certainly a no-brainer there. It is 11-16. WDWS Champagner Band? We're going to wrap things up on uh, this edition of the show. Everybody willing, we'll be back uh, next week to do it once again. We appreciate all the folks that uh, called in. Thanks to our guests, Jay Lehman, Lou Hernandez, Brad Sturdy, Steve Lehman, and uh, Sean Harrington. Our thanks as well to uh, Blake Landa, Ed Bond, Mr. Tate. Appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you soon and uh, see you next week, if not before. This is Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody, on DWS. Thanks.